0: Hello, my name is Paul Ryan, and I am the founder of GP Consult. I work as both a pharmacist and as a GP, and I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics. I really enjoy making international guidelines relevant to those of us in primary care. So in today's podcast, I'm going to cover four topics. Now, this is the second in a three-part podcast series on travel medicine. The four topics are, number one, yellow fever, number two, hepatitis B, third one is rabies or mad dog disease, and final one is meningitis ACWI. So So, yellow fever. Yellow fever is a virus picked up from infected mosquitoes, mainly occurring in West Africa and the Amazon Basin. A trick that I use is that if you Google Yellow Fever country by country, CDC, which is the Centre for Disease Control, and there'll be a drop-down menu for whatever country you're going to, and it'll be one of three outcomes. It will state that for that country, vaccine is either required, vaccine is not required, or vaccine is recommended. So when it states vaccine required, such as countries like Angola, or Chad or Central African Republic, these countries will deny entry to the traveler uh, if they don't approve of a yellow fever vaccine or they quarantine the traveler and administer the vaccine in, in order to allow them into the country. For countries where a vaccine is recommended like Brazil, it is recommended from a clinical perspective that the patient has yellow fever vaccine. Now, Lifelong immunity is conferred with, uh, on the patient if they get one dose of the live yellow fever vaccine, and this is given subcutaneously. The brand name is Typhoid. Now, just to um, counsel patients, that common adverse reactions include pain, tenderness, and swelling at the site of injection, just like many other uh, vaccines. And yellow fever is a very is a safe vaccine, but very rarely. And the patient may develop, after getting the vaccine, they may develop yellow fever vaccine-associated neurotropic disease, which which can cause an encephalitis. Or they may develop yellow fever vaccine-associated viscerotropic disease, in which the mortality rate is greater than 60%. Now, it is important that we are aware of the contraindications to the yellow fever vaccine, which include egg allergy, Babies under six months of age, and people taking methotrexate, Humira, or Imuran, so immunosuppressants. It is also important that uh, patients are off corticosteroids for at least three months prior to being administered this live vaccine. Now, if you were to look up the immunizations.ie website, the HSE website, there is no contraindication to live vaccine if the steroid treatment is less than seven days irrespective of dose and this comes into play for a lot of conditions such as we say COPD or asthma where a lot of times we can get away with giving a 40 milligram dose of prednisolone for five days as opposed to longer. Just to be uh, aware of the precautions with yellow fever vaccine so if the patient's age six to nine months there's an increased risk of encephalitis If the patient is over 60 years of age, and this is where it is more clinically relevant for us that we see in our practice, if the person is 60 years of age or older, there is an increased risk of of yellow fever uh, vaccine-associated neurotropic or viscerotropic disease. So people over 60 years of age, if they're going to countries that that need a yellow fever vaccine... Just to bear in mind, it's only if it's significant and unavoidable risk of acquiring yellow fever uh, infection then that these people then sh- uh, should get the yellow fever vaccine. So the next illness to discuss is hepatitis B. Now, hepatitis B can be uh, picked up with one of two main ways. One is sexual contact, and the second way is contact with blood, pro- with blood or blood products. So if the patient feels that they're going to be exposed either via sexual contact or else if they, uh, via blood, such as uh, going abroad for dental work, or if they may get a tattoo or piercings done, well, then they need to have the Hepatitis B vaccine. Other uh, ways in which they may come in contact with blood is that if they're involved in a road traffic accident and end up having surgery. So the schedule, the Hepatitis B vaccine schedule, um, is one is given at day, uh, day zero, and then at one month, and then at six months. And the brand names there are the HB Vaxpro, Engirex, and Twinrex. Twinrex is, is where it's combined with HEPA. Now, in exceptional circumstances, if the patient is traveling within one month, they're uh, advised to get it, their gets it uh, you know, day zero, day seven, day 21, and then a booster again at one year. Now, of note, hepatitis B is within the childhood vaccines since 2008, so these patients who, will, you know, this year is 2020 so uh, these patients are currently 12 years of age so from 12 years of age and below uh, they will have received three doses against hep B which will give them lifelong cover now when we give the hepatitis B vaccine in our clinic and we get they get the schedule at day zero at one month and then at six months serology is performed six to eight weeks after now, if this serology test shows that the patient has anti-hepatitis B surface antigen greater than 10 milli international units per milliliter, they are considered to be immune to hepatitis B. If it, if their serology result is less than 10 milli international units per milliliter, which can occur in 15% of adults, and their anti-hepatitis B core negative. A repeat course of a hepatitis B vaccine with a different brand is recommended as per i.e. guidance. The cohort of the population that are more at risk of being a non-responder are number one, males, number two, being, sm- uh, being a smoker, and number three, obesity, number four, being over 40, and number five, uh, excessive alcohol intake. So for the third part of this podcast, I'm going to discuss rabies, which is also known as mad dog disease. So rabies is picked up uh, from either a bite or a scratch or a lick of an animal, a warm-blooded animal, who has rabies. Now, warm-blooded animals that can pass it on to humans include dogs, cats, bats or monkeys. So it causes an acute encephalitis or a meningoencephalitis, which is almost always fatal so those travelers that are more at risk of picking up rabies include those that are trekking and those that are camping so i always advise patients that if they're a dog lover just stay away from dogs and particularly when they're in safari parks and temples and with a lot of monkeys around these tend to be a problem because people may try to feed the monkeys and that and then get bitten or get licked so so, uh, just to be mindful of that also if they're working with uh, vets or animals, um, uh, they're more at risk. So I suppose just, uh, I always say to people, if they end up being bitten by a dog or uh, by a cat or a, a monkey, just keep an eye on, on the animal and w- watch its behavior. And if you have a biscuit or that, to throw it at the animal to see can they bite it and swallow it. And also to um, uh, wash the wound thoroughly with an antiseptic. So the rabies vaccine is ViroRab. It is given three times in total, day 0, 7, and then either day 21 or 28. And if, then if they get a lick, bite, or scratch, they need to get a booster. So boost if bitten is the key. Now finally, I'm going to discuss the meningitis ACWY. So ACWY it has four different strains, so meningitis A, C, W, and Y meningitis A and C are the main causes of epidemic meningitis Um, and there's two main travelers that will require this meningitis vaccine number one if they're going to the meningitis belt of sub-saharan Africa um, because the meningitis B vaccine or the meningitis C vaccine I should say given in Europe gives a little cover against this illness in hotter areas of the world The second uh, group of travellers that should get the meningitis uh, ACWY vaccine are those who go on an annual um, Islamic pilgrimage to Mecca in Saudi Arabia, the Hajj. So it it is a requirement 10 days before travel as well as having a flu vaccine. Once the patient gets the meningitis ACWY vaccine, it is uh, lifelong. So one dose gives lifelong immunity in the adult. So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. I hope you find it useful and looking forward to delivering my next podcast.